we just got this puffco and it's ready to be hit so i'll do the inaugural hit of some sour ass diesel hash oil show y'all how it's done Doesn't look like too much. <laughs> but that's I'm how you s- be twisted. That's how you start a Sunday morning, anyway. Yeah, yeah. This is a good Sunday morning, good Sunday fall morning in New York City, with the Trinity Infinity. We're the Very A Podcast. Welcome. Thanks for joining us. How you doing, Mare Bear? Oh, I decided to take this hit of this magical, mystical marijuana concentrate that is now in my life that has been long awaited yeah you've been calling in dabs for a while (laughs) i resisted the idea and then we hit one of these the puffco and i was like oh this can be kind of simple i mean it's way simpler than it was but we you know this still it's, it's a little more involved than what we normally do but uh it's well worth it I mean, barely with the cartridges that we use for vaporizing now. Yeah. We're always in a sort of a weed process. Yeah. I think with what we do. I think weed's addicted to me and sometimes it just, it's like, I want to get a hit from a different angle. Oh yeah. Yeah. It wants to take a hit of me through some dabs. So I'm like, all right. Well, the technology is so advanced now. I told you guys last time I had a dab rig was still when we were extracting with butane. So I was just like a petroleum junkie all day you know what i know, I mean? <laughs> I know. Me out. It's the um, worst. but now this this high which you i hate admitting because flowers are my girl and they're always going to be my girl Absolutely. you know what i mean no, no offense but she is even cleaner it's like it's pure it's i think it's going to make my life more productive yeah because i've turned into just an all-day stoner now i don't yeah i can't handle yeah. life without weed now so me too um, it'd be cool if I could be more productive while also being super high all day. Yeah. And I, I think this is going to solve my problems. I don't know. I can't even imagine you being more productive than you already are. You already get a lot more done than, uh, any other stoner I know. Yeah. I don't know. It's like, sometimes it makes me believe in secondary charts. Cause I used to feel like I really, I really was so militant and I guess naturally without weed, I am just like a military officer of mm. some sorts ballerina military officer I'm a police officer <laughs> yeah. um so i don't feel that productive these days but yeah it is the thing that makes me feel like i can exist on this planet without a crushing amount of guilt at every moment <laughs> if i'm oh, yeah. if i'm work- twerking on something but that's just the virgo play you know my life feels meaningless unless i'm being used for something used and abused or just used I mean, slayed no babe that's like, yeah, that's an, in, that's a luxury. That's an indulgence. Hopefully that gets to happen. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see your skills, man. I will, you know, I'm sorry. I have to be patient with me. It's so sticky. I can barely get off of this thing. Yeah. It's, you got to be patient because I can't rush because if I rush, I scrape it down the side and then this little sensor comes off. It's smarter than I am. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm surprised I don't have like a little. It can feel dab gun like you have a little like a pez dispenser like a little pellet of i know it's just so sticky and i guess they'd have to have a um, resistant lube around that Mm -hmm. thing that it was in or whatever so spit it out yeah 
Yeah, scientists get on it. The, the deeper you go in this weed game, the stickier it gets. <laughs> and and it's cool. You you figure out a way to to deal with it and wade through it. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, gunked. Gunked. <laughs> Gookity gunked. Oh. Yeah. Damn. Um, I'm trying to be productive at night. And I'm trying to get on a later schedule. Yeah. I just love to switch it up. I'm such an experimenter with my everyday. Yeah. I'm I'm switching it up in the opposite way since daylight savings. I was like, I'm way too aware that like, um, that could bring on some sort of unnecessary depression maybe, or a lull in my energy, like just like that it's going to get dark. So when the clocks went back, so did we. So I started waking up at seven thirty, and it's been good. I've been like, it feels crazy that you've gotten so much done already by like 10 a.m. I'm not familiar with that feeling. I'm used to waking up at 10 a.m. I'm usually like <laughs> sleep from 2 a.m. till 10 a.m. person. Oh, yeah. But now I'm like 11 to 7. That's what I'm saying. I, yeah, I can get into a mode where it's like I feel just so guilty for not taking advantage of every moment of every day. And I like have to wake up early. And then when I wake up early, I have to start the day with a gym. And mm-hmm. um, sometimes I just feel like I need to get off of that and like be in a totally different part of my personality or I'm like, let's see how late I can sleep in. Let's like push myself in a different way. Yeah. It's weird. It's just like, I need to expand different parts of my psyche, I guess. Mm. So right now I'm in a, how much can I be a medieval princess (laughs) part of my psyche? You've, did you, how late did you stay up last night? Pretty much went to bed when we all went to bed. Mm, Like 1230 or one. Yeah, we did good. We met in the middle. Yeah, we met, we met in the middle. I've been doing like, you know, two in the morning and then I wake up at eight because my upstairs neighbors play hockey. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. We come down here to get away from our upstairs neighbors, which are my parents screaming and yelling all the goddamn time. I'm like, oh man, I just need to go down to the city. We come down here and there's literally a kid like practicing floor hockey or something. I upstairs. love him. I hope he goes pro. Yeah. Fucking it, rooting it, for the guy. I, and I hope he's doing what we think we're, what, he, what he's doing. No, I know he is. Yeah. He's playing I've hockey I've seen those hockey sticks and those bulls. Right, they, they load them into cars. And I'm like, oh, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> I thought I was going to have to go up there this morning. Because I really do just need to have one conversation where it's like, bro, I love you and your hockey. And I want you to make so much noise. <laughs> like, tear my fucking roof off, but do it after 1030. Yeah. Or I'm going to tear your face off. Yeah. That's yeah, the exactly. I think that's fair. Yeah. You know. That's how I feel about the boys, too, across the street. Like, I actually do like that they have fun and that they're loud and stuff. Like, I'm in the LES. I don't live some fucking delusion that I'm going to have, like, a quiet, peaceful life. Yeah, And right. I think the people that hold that here are completely psychotic. Um, like, I sing opera. I want, I want to be loud. And so, like, I want to extend that privilege to other people. Right. Um, yeah. Even when it's, like, two in the morning, I'm like. Like, well, they're having fun someone's having fun on this planet yeah and probably in that moment that's better than what i was doing you know? yeah yeah totally so, yeah yeah there's something there's like something better about being delayed going to sleep than being woken up too early <laughs> and many times it's me hitting my broom on my ceiling oh you get into it like that that's how they know and they'll stop yeah if i'm like if i just you know if if i get unnecessarily or accidentally woken up in the morning i don't know if there's any rage that i unleash harder that that's like yeah you to and me the number one sin you and joey are both very protective oh guys cast too you're like defenders of sleep yeah yeah it's uh it, it feels important for me to even function but i do see the fun in not getting that much sleep like you know when you're sleep deprived and you're like it's like you just took five dabs 
you're like, wait, how do I have more energy than when I have sleep? You know, do you ever tap into that? Like being that sleep deprived where you're like, like when I'm really in love or something, I'll stay up. That's yeah. Like when we first different type of nutrition or whatever, when we first met, like, uh, getting by on way, way less sleep, you know? Yeah. I can, I can still do that. Um, like, yeah, just a couple nights ago, I feel like I slept like four hours or something. And really for me, it's escaping these stupid fucking boxes we get into our lives about like A plus B equals C because truth is always more moving and there's always chaos to wade through. So it's like, I stop making those like, oh, if I don't do this by this certain time, I can't mm-hmm. sleep or I can't, you know, just like dissolving all of those boundaries. Yeah. Well, you, like you, we did a little band practice the other day and you drank an espresso at like seven o'clock at night. I slept so and, good. Yeah. <laughs> You just got to get out of your head that that uh, that there's anything even going on there. Well, like, because if I wake up from five hours of sleep, like that day, I I to- I think I told you guys, it felt like I woke up with more serotonin than I've had in five years. It was weird. I was like, I don't even know what to do with this happiness, especially because I've been so depressed recently. Mm. And like, if I had stuck with like, I know I'm going to feel shitty today because I only got four hours of sleep or whatever, like my whole day would have been shit because I had the freedom to be like chaos whatever like what do you have for me today i was able to like enjoy that and it's definitely given me a lot more freedom and sometimes i need 10 hours of sleep and that's the only you know way that i feel okay yeah but it's just letting it be different i guess and knowing that i'm so different all of the time Mm -hmm. i'm like stormy you know so everything's changing yeah everything's switching yeah i heard mariah carey gets 15 hours and then that like really motivated me i was like okay so if i she probably has like a Michael Jackson-esque doctor. I was just about to say. <laughs> no, then I was like, I'm going to have to get a doctor. Probably going to have to get a Xanax prescription. I don't know yeah, how else I'm yeah. going to... I keep trying. I'm like... 15 hours. I wake up and I'm like lot. Mariah Carey and I try and go back to sleep and I can't. I've I've heard of friends. I've heard I've had multiple friends um, uh, get blackout drunk and take like a, a, an overdose of edibles while they were blacked out drunk and missed a whole day. Like woke up thinking it was going to be Saturday morning and it was Sunday morning. Wow. I've never had any. I've never um, had a crazy like time like that. Not yet. Um, I haven't had a time where I've slept that long on edibles. I don't think either. Where you wake up at like 8 p.m. and you think it's 8 a.m.? That's happened to me, but that was pre-drugs or anything. That was just me being confused. High schooler, you know, where 6 p.m. and 6 a.m., like, kind of the light looks the same outside. And I was down in Florida, and I had taken a nap at, like, 5.30. I woke up at 6 p.m. thinking it was 6 a.m., just started taking a shower. I was like, what the fuck am I doing? (laughs) (laughs) But Uh, we're hanging out. We have a Puffco in our life now. All's well. Oh, my God. We haven't seen Mare in fucking three weeks. Wow. So we have to come bearing gifts for our queen. They know how to show up. Yeah. She, when she says that she's been feeling depressed, she just means she misses us. She's just too proud to admit it. <laughs> we missed you, but like I said, I'm glad we didn't take you down to Halloween. Cause after uh, talking this morning, I'm especially glad that you. <laughs> oh, you, you, you're you're, <laughs> you're pissed that there's packs of sluts everywhere. Pissed. <sighs> I I have a new name for them. I call them destiny sluts. What and does that mean? It's um it's the kind of girl like you look at, and they're usually like age uh, like 19 to 26, and you know they're smoking hot, and they're you know quote unquote spiritual. But this was their destiny, you know? 
This was the, this was their destiny all along, and they they just gotta flaunt it while they have it. And right now they're just in their destiny fl slut phase, and Halloween was filled with them, filled with them, and that that, fr that really turns Mare off. <laughs> so we gotta take her to like, if we go to a festival with Mare, we have to go to like a, like fucking uh, Desert Days. We should take Mare to Desert Days. That was a cool one. Yeah, that's much more. Um, the music makes it sexy, not not the people. It's like a it's like a sexy vibe because you're out in the desert and doing your thing. I think we lost Mare. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, you know what triggered Mare this morning? Let's go in, in through that. <laughs> oh, I was just fucking talking. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not triggered by sluts. I think you could probably call me a slut on some levels. No way. No. Um, I'm triggered way. by reaction to sluts in our current existence in humanity, but. It's okay. We don't need to talk about like my existential crisis of like pedophilia. You know, I think oh, we, pedophilia? Can just, we, we can just like have funner conversations on this podcast. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's a, There's so many things to focus on in this chaotic life. You know what I mean? And I think in the hellscape, we just have to be better at curating and choosing because it's all here available to you. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Discernment. It's good. <laughs> choosing what to let in choosing what not to let in choosing how to let it in choosing how to let it slide down your throat and be dissolved into your guts and integrated into your feet that walk this earth you know not easily distracted by awkward men yeah well, lots you, of things to get distracted by in this lifetime I currently my favorite distraction is people cutting soap oh yeah it's like what sense really videos gets me off people right now. cutting up soap yeah, they dice it up kind of on the top, and then when they slice it, it's almost like a wave, and it's just very satisfying. Mm. That's a whole genre of like um, ASMR visuals. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. Water pressure, you like water pressure washing videos where someone's like cleaning a uh, concrete? Oh, I haven't watched those yet. I've done the chalk is pretty good too. <laughs> Crushing chalk in your hands. Is that a? Ugh. I like that one. <laughs> I get, I get the cringies. The, there's a lot of really popular ASMR people on TikTok. Like when the lives come up, that's what the lives are a lot of. People doing, do a microphone and then they have like squishies that they, yep, that's one of the noises. Squishies that they put around it. Bong rips is probably ASMR. Bong rips? Oh, man, if I still smoked bongs, I would start a bong rip ASMR channel just to watch this drive channel. That would be good. <laughs> That's a good, like, uh, interlude between a song, you know? It's like a... I'm sure someone's done it. Yeah, it has to be. It has to be a thing. That What do you... Every Cypress Hill song. Exactly. <laughs> do you remember Cypress Hill? Was no. Cypress Hill ever big in your life? You didn't ever get into Cypress Hill? Oh, yeah. Hill? Insane in the Membrane, Insane in the Brain. That You didn't have a stoner phase of Cypress Hill, Cass? I guess not. I never, I That's never, so funny. I never genuinely listened to it. Oh, I genuinely listened to Cypress Hill while smoking weed. Like when I first started smoking weed, I was like, oh my God, there's like a whole band dedicated to just like honoring weed. I love this. Yeah. I and thought, I, I don't know why I thought it was whack. <laughs> I thought it was wiggity whack, but I do was. like it. I do like it. Now that I look back, I'm like, that is, they were bold. That was You're cool. like too cool for rap. I was not too cool for rap. I listened to hip hop and rap all like growing up and still listen to hip hop and rap. Um, But yeah, I, that was when I was ripping like, dirty water bottle bongs you know and cypress hill seemed fancy they had their big glass bongs and they had been smoking for a long time i was like these men probably have something to teach me what's the mm. longest bong you've ever smoked out of Ooh, that's a good i think at the cannabis cup i did probably one that was uh like 10 foot jesus yeah 
That's pretty solid. Yeah. Mare has the lung capacity. She can do it. She can handle it. Yeah. It was my swimming roots. Mm, right. <laughs> You're like, I can handle these 10 feet of smoke. I think, yeah, you know, I, 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 like, it's so weird because, uh, like, I, it's, I, I think I wasn't, a, like, a child for that long. Like, I started practicing, like, hipster-level discernment in my life at, like, 11 years old. Maybe it's because I was an oldest child. I had no one else to look up to. But everything was, yeah. like, that's for kids. That's for my sisters. Like, that's not, like, everything yeah. that they were trying to spoon-feed me that, like, people were, were buying into, like... I don't know if I was like a youngest brother, I might've been ripe to get into like corn or limp biscuit or something <laughs> like that shit was marketed heavily towards people. You were too people. old for limp biscuit. Uh, oh yeah. But, yeah. But like, it, like, you know what I mean? Like it's weird. People are like, Oh yeah. The Ninja Turtles took over my life. And I was like, yeah, I was like 12 years old when that came out. And I just felt like it was for kids. Like, yeah. I don't know. I just That's wasn't, I, I wasn't like, I didn't, I didn't have much of a childhood within my childhood. It feels like I was like, I was listening to the music I listen to now. Yeah. You know? It's yeah. so weird. For me, astrology it kind of speaks to you're on like the latest degrees of Capricorn with your rising. You're like old man rising life force, you know. Yeah. Been here, done that. Yeah. Whatever. But it's it also circumstantially in your life. Yeah. You didn't get much of a childhood. I think all older siblings feel like that, but you really obviously had that circumstance yeah, yeah, yeah. in your life in a much more extreme way. Yeah. Totally. Um, but that is interesting that you always kind of listen to the same music. I listen to Britney Spears. You know what I mean? I was at the Justin Timberlake concert. I have lots yeah. of shame in my musical history. But you're 13 yeah. years younger than me. <laughs> so you were. You were a young lassie when that yeah. came out, really young. Yeah. So it was perfect for you. My sisters picked up. I on ate all that it stuff. up. Yeah, I loved it. I had a brat stall. Oh, <laughs> I was too old for that. But I never had. Um, my mom said I was never into like playing with baby dolls. Not that anybody gives a fuck about this, but mm -hmm. <laughs> I wasn't super into like Barbies and dolls and stuff in general. Mm -hmm. I was, and I used to make them like have a very adult relationships. That's hilarious. Like affairs. And I bet stuff. you were super into Sims too. Oh, yeah, yeah. Cats yeah. love The yeah. Sims. Yeah, and I like knew yeah. all the hacks on how to like watch them have sex and bed. I knew she was gonna say something dirty. So funny. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Sims. God, that was just like this the beginning of VR. It didn't but hold for me though. Like it's kind of crazy. It's kind of it we're fell in this off for you. we're in this beautiful time where you know the metaverse is not taking off and there's nothing that's really giving me more pleasure than that. You know, <laughs> it will, it will take off. Unfortunately. Yeah. I thought the same thing. I got some pleasure out of like, Oh, they can't do this. They think that they're just going to push this product on us and we're all going to want to live as VR little whatever's it's going to, it'll be a thing. Trust me. It's going to be a thing. It's not taking off right out of the gate. Cause we're like, what the fuck is this? But it's going to be a thing. Well, cause they're so good now. Those, uh, contraptions they use, that they put on your body when they do animation and when they they can do it with robots too now or they put a bunch of sensors and the robot can be doing what you're doing i think oh, that'll yeah. be how they'll get they'll be they're basically just going to have people like act out scenes and pretend it's vr and like hook them up to stuff and that'll be like the animation that you're experiencing mm -hmm. you know i think that's when they're good it's going to be like oh you, you can't tell reality because it will be reality kind I wonder if people are going to like, before they go on a real date with someone, they're going to be like, let's have a sex date and see if we have like compatibility in this department. Whoa. And like virtually can, instead of touching skin. Yeah. Like when monkeypox like, becomes a big thing, I think probably. Mm. <laughs> Test it out. <laughs> yeah. Just, yeah. And I also think dating by like t-shirt is going to like, they're going to create a dating site that's like, we'll send you, wear a t-shirt and then send it you put in a package like that'll be high-end dating is being able to like smell your potential partner ahead of time Whoa. wow damn guys. yeah if they get everyone off birth control <laughs> yeah there's some things that need to happen first <laughs> <laughs> 
if they get everyone off birth control. I hear um, somebody was talking about that for your phone. Like if they could attach some sort of like smell sensor or whatever into dating apps on your phone. Mm. I mean, I think it's impossible. I mean, nothing's impossible, I guess, but you'd have to have like some base chemical sense, like accessible to do that. Right. But there might be a way that you can do a chip implant in your brain and activate Mm. those senses through a computer chip. Did you guys see the AI animation of human evolution that they asked it to do that kind of went around and went viral? No, I did see one of um, uh, the evolution of whales. Where did they go from? They were like, they were a squirrel. They were like, I'm not kidding you. (laughs) I I was like, is this fake? It started off on land and it was like drinking from water and then it just like goes in the water and it's swimming a little bit and then it starts to develop like legs that can really swim and it just slowly over millions of years becomes a whale. Was he doing it backwards? No, it fucking started off on land. It's like a platypus. Yeah, yeah, it just, yeah, like it was, it looked like a platypus at one point. Maybe we're going to become mermaids. (gasps) Yeah, but we came out of the water. Right? Like, th- w- what Feels was the like human- I came out of the water. I'll say that much. What was the human well, evolution? Well, the squirrel one? came out of the water so too, so it must have come out and come back in. Yeah. What was the human evolution one? What'd that look like? It's really freaky. Is it? Um, well, we go from like an amoeba or whatever. Yeah. Or like an- <laughs> We're taking <laughs> it way back. <laughs> they took it all the way back. Back when we used to be one cell. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But it goes from, uh, you know, you get to human from like ape, Neanderthal, or whatever. What we know, classical evolution. And then we turn into cyborgs, you know, like we start doing the implants and then we're full robots and then we're just tubes or like a system of Oh, they, it takes it into the future. Yes. Oh, it's all it's tubes? really freaky. We the just Matrix. turn it's into all pipes. tubes. We yeah. just turn into pipes like we're aspiring to be a pipe system. Oh my God. I can't believe you guys haven't seen it. I'm so excited I, to I show it to you. I need to see that. Wow. Yeah. And we're just at the beginning of something. <laughs> right becoming, now we're still a squirrel. A beco- I think of becoming a giant computer and we're like the... Mm. Um, you know, like the connective tissue in the computer. Wow. Yeah. Malcolm McLuhan said that back in the 60s. He's like this, uh, this like futurist, like philosopher guy. And he said that we're the sex organs for the, the technology world. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I do think AI is using us at this point. Did I mm. send you guys something about AI being aware? Yeah. These come up from time to time. Some of them are fake. Yeah. But oh, do you think that one's real? I mean, I have the worst judge. I'm the worst judge. I'm gullible to everything. On I the think internet. it's real. Yeah, I believe it. There was an AI and then he got him to have a lawyer, the guy who invented this AI and the lawyer's now representing the AI to be like, have rights, civil rights. Yeah. <laughs> Man, if, if AI gets rights before women, <laughs> you know, it's pretty bad. Like, come on. <laughs> but, you know, once they, once they're sentient, they're like everything else, we we should be considerate of uh, whatever their needs are or whatever this thing is. Uh, yeah. It is us. It's just a very strange, strange thing. Imagine being AI where someone could just flip you on and flip you back, flip you off and then on. Bless you. Thank you. Sorry. And then you could just, you don't know how long you've been asleep for. Kind of mm. like severance, you know, you're just like, popping back in yeah like incarnation mm. everything's yeah. changed yeah exactly your mainframe has to update to all the new language mm. but it'd be like instantaneously i'm sure it's like waking up from a dream i watched a movie recently where somebody got stuck in a computer and i wish i could remember it, it was based in a psych ward and everyone was wearing white and it was great mm. is it a newer you movie? comment if you know what i'm talking about is it a newer movie yes mm. it has 
I think it has Aubrey Plaza in it, but I could be implementing her into this. I love oh, her. We I know skipped you over that one because it says Whenever it's a thriller. I, see her, I think about you, her, you know. Um, I'm like, oh. I, I was just like, this looks like it's going to be too intense for me. You, I think you guys would like it. Yeah. It's not intense in the way that like we don't. I think we all are kind of like we mm. dislike the same kind of intensity. Yeah. I think. We're oh, similar that way. yeah, yeah. So you're a good person to watch stuff and yeah, then tell yeah, us, yeah. you know, like that one's safe. It's not like gory or. Yeah. Documentaries, I'll jump right in. I know it's going to be like, like we just watched the four part Phil Spector thing. And it's like forensic about this, this uh, woman he killed. It's like, it gets in there. Yeah. And, and you, like, I had to keep closing my eyes because they keep showing like the, the crime scene photo. Oh, wow. Is it crazy? Oh, it's, it's just disturbing. Yeah. It's, it's just disturbing. So you get the energy from it. Too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and like... Um, they show it like her, her legs were like... She her, was on a chair. and So they basically just show from like here down her yeah. body. Just it, like, it's wow, just they show weird. her dead body. But yeah. not like up That's here. Pretty they don't show wild. her face and, and everything. They just show... But it's just disturbing because like you could just feel what went down. It was very sinister and weird. But I, uh, I actually do recommend this documentary. I'm surprised it's like hidden on Showtime of all places because it's really Showtime's well made. Constant stuff popping out showtime Yo. does have some bangers um they need to change your name because i know you know they gotta merge with somebody <laughs> or they really do showtime and hbo should merger yeah, yeah that's that's a good idea but it's called specter and it's a four-part thing and it's cool because like each episode kind of like starts from the point of um this murder and then it goes into the to the past so you learn about him and like the whole thing is like i was a fan of phil specter before he did this and part of his legend was like he pulled a gun on the Beatles. He pulled a gun on Leonard Cohen. He pulled a gun on the Ramones. Like, legendary. But, like, he was just an out-of-control alcoholic uh, with, like... Complexes. Many complexes. And, you know, he used to trap people in his house. Like, he w had a real major loneliness issue mm. and would trap people. He didn't want anyone to leave. If you were drinking with him, you were going to be drinking all night. It was all about him not wanting to change the chemistry. So he'd try yeah. to, like, hold on and control the chemistry. He would threaten kind of people with a gun. He's like, you're not going anywhere because it's going to change the vibe. You're he not. clearly had mental illness. And I right. think that's, like, when you're basically always on acid or whatever it is, like... Yeah, someone leaving is like a huge vibe shift, and you probably feel that so intensely. Yeah. Right. It's very scary, I'm sure, right. for someone who's so sensitive. But right. but one of the things, and it just always comes up in these fucking, like, so many musicians that we've all heard of, and and their music has made such a tremendous impact on culture, lost their parents at a young age. And yeah. Phil Spector, his dad killed himself when he was 10 years old. Oh. And... Uh, Another uh, documentary we recommend is about Shania Twain. Um, my boy Jesse recommended that. Thanks, Jesse. And we checked out the Shania Twain documentary, and I didn't even know her parents were both killed in a car accident in, like, 1987, long before anyone even heard of her. Such a rough way to go. Fucking crazy, but but it just makes me think of how many musicians. You could just n go through the list. They all lost parents at a young age. Like, a yeah. lot of the people that that came out and, like, Paul McCartney and John Lennon, both of them. Yeah, I read a book a couple of years ago called The Talent Code. You can also listen to it on audiobook. Um, and it tries to break down why people are talented. It's really good if you're like an artist and a creative and you're trying to embrace yourself being more talented. But and they basically willed it down to a few things. And one of those things is losing your parents at a young age. Mm. Um, because 
well, I mean, you can only theorize about why, but I'm sure it just like sets in some sort of immediacy, I think, in your action as well. Yeah. Well, you need like love as a human, you need love and attention and mostly and mainly from your parents. So right. like the lengths you'll go to to like replace that gap or that hole in your life are pretty extreme. Totally. Mm-hmm. And also, I think that there's something to be said about the spirit of your parent or someone close to you who dies entering you. That's and what I always think of. I don't know. It's enough to make me scared to like, I don't want to do magical rituals to become like more talented or more successful because I'm like, I don't know what cost that comes at. Do you know what I mean? It, it definitely, it definitely does come. Call with me suspicious. But <laughs> <laughs> I like that the people of my life being alive. <laughs> well, it, se- it seems like um, on the, on the other end of it, like they have this loss, but like their best work always comes out of when they're newly in love too, you know? It seems like, like like Shania Twain fell in love with this guy Mutt Lang, and they wrote like an album with sixteen songs on it, and fourteen of them were in the top ten. You know, like insane. We everyone knows all these songs. Like, yeah. I don't even listen to Shania Twain, and I know these fucking songs. Yeah. And it came out of this burst of six months where they fell in love. She fell in love. Like all of a sudden, her like spirit was rejuvenated. And instead of going on tour and making a lot of money, she was like, "Let me hang back and." and write some songs and well she wanted to be able to tour on all only her own music yeah not have to go out there and play covers and stuff like that yeah but it was clear that Mutt Lang like really support like while he ultimately cheated on her and stuff he uh really supported her true voice and her being like really recorded in a way that I think a lot of female artists weren't recorded at that time and her her power sounds like he gave her a voice oh yeah well, well, he was producing like I know that's like painful to say, but it is like the story of every, like most female success in music is like the other half of the equation comes in and is like writing for you and doing what he did for her, right? Well, she was and already also, a hit in country and she wanted to be a pop star and he was a hit in rock and roll and it was just like kind of the amazing perfect chemistry, me- yeah. and he was producing ACDC and Def Leppard. So like apply that to like this powerful country voice and just make it a little more pop. It was like it was ripe. Like what yeah. I was saying to you, I, I was like, this might be the most obvious stoner <laughs> fucking thought ever. But the next big thing, and I can only apply this to music and movies because that's what I know the most. It's the thing that's going to change the world and grip people in a way that you can't imagine. It's, it's sitting there and it's probably quite obvious if you think about it. But it's sitting there waiting for just the right artist to distill it down. And I always think of Kurt Cobain. Like yeah. punk was going to break. Like yeah. it, was, it, it was just lined up and the, it was just ripe to break. Somebody just needed to have grown up on the Beatles and and Kiss and this kind of thing, as well as Black Flag and the Descendants and the Wipers and stuff, and just bring it all together. And it's happened countless times. And what you added to it, which what I thought was really awesome, is it's um, it's it's trying to repair whatever archetype needs healing culturally at that moment. Yeah, that's who I, that's my biggest theory on who becomes popular, especially with music. It's like the main archetype that needs healing in the collective. Like, I don't think it's random that we worship Beyonce, you know, and yeah. it's like we, we need to continue to worship black women, but yeah, we definitely needed that collectively on a karmic level and yeah. on many levels. And, and many um, women was, paved the way for her and when she was just the right influences at the right time, the right discipline, the right parents, everything was just like, boom, perfect, yeah. Venus in the first house. And him, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> and him, like, you know, he was, I feel like he was 
you know, a voice for so many forgotten about like boys, you know, in suburbia, yeah. you know, like nobody gave a fuck about. And we started to talk about Eminem because of this as well, because it was yeah. like, you know, all the white kids in the hood that nobody started to get and really people now don't give a fuck about, you oh, know, yeah. you know, he needed to give a voice to and they needed healing and they needed to feel heard. And, um, so yeah, it is always, uh, I had a vocal teacher called like that kind of stuff, wild cards at one point, like she was kind of explaining Eminem and his popularity to me and, like I was like, I think that's everybody. Like, I think it's like, it's always just, that's why people, you know, kind of be put on a pedestal. It's, you're putting part of yourself that needs to be seen up there, you yeah. know, that you've shoved into a closet and this person is brave enough to, you know, trope around on stage. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and we, and, and more than anything, and it probably applies to everything, but mainly music is we love watching people who are um, sure of themselves you know, and so sure of themselves that they made it this far that they're performing for us. Like we really, we love that. Absolutely. We, yeah, because we're all so, I mean, yeah, I mean, all I can do is project, but that's mainly what I go through. Unsureness of thyself. Yeah. So, you know, I, I assume most people are also going through that. And you were talking about hearing some interview with Andre 3000, one of the most talented, beautiful people that's ever incarnated, not being able to produce any music or art because he he is completely... Yeah, it doesn't. He hasn't made anything since he was your age. Every everything we know of him was when he was like twenty nine and younger. Yeah. And then he he stopped and basically became a victim of his own celebrity in a way a lot of people could have, but you know the greats. The, it's easy to see from the outside kind of what happened is that he had like this, like a uh, community this this house where they would this basement where they'd all get together and like create inside jokes and turn each other on. And then through celebrity, he's isolated himself and doesn't have that. And he obviously is probably best used in like the playing off of other people of wanting to make people laugh, of wanting to like further the conversation. So I think what happens is when you, yeah, isolate, you don't have that pathway to create. When you get rich and famous, you don't do like what we do with ghost pipe. Like where it's like, oh, we're all just friends on the same level. Let's just take some acid and see the best music that comes out. And then little jokes come out of it. And when we build on those things, it's like, it's harder to do that when you're rich and famous. Well, because he's healed now. You know, well, he, he, he has like privilege. And yeah. I think what you're like, it's definitely like a, like a spark thing and an influence thing and a passion thing. But it's also just like a relate thing. Like you can't make art unless you have something like relatable to say. I think that you feel like connects to the rest of the population. You have to be in the population for that to exist, you Mm -hmm. know, Mm. unless he was able to tap into like, I'm just writing like royalty music (laughs) for this (laughs) echelon of people, you know, and he was able to like, but I, yeah, I think there's something about like, that's probably what, you know, a lot of people think like, oh, people's first albums are the best because then they get ruined by whatever. It's like, it's probably just because they were the most human at that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, yeah. they were the closest to everyone else's experience. And mm-hmm. then they had this other experience, this alien superstar, yeah. royalty, God experience. And then it's like, what do you have to say that I'm going to be like yeah. about, you know, like that's not my experience anymore. Well, like I think of like uh, Bruce Springsteen yeah. had like oh my god he's a fifteen great years of like working r- man really working man pure expressions and um, he says I'm you know it's the first thing he says in his Broadway show is I'm I'm a fraud I've never worked a working class <laughs> job I've always been a musician since I'm fourteen years old yeah but he's a working man's musician well his dad his dad had all those jobs like yeah. he was playing the character of his dad and he made great albums that I love but it really fell off after Tunnel of Love not to say he hasn't made great music since then but that was 1987 and that was his divorce album and that was like <laughs> the last very 
human relatable thing right. he probably went through. Right. That was he was 41 years old, had already conquered the world with Born in the USA and then made his divorce album, which is one of his best. I think Tunnel of Love is one of his best albums. And then after that, it's like a, a rich guy trying to access that old thing. And yeah. He hit on some stuff and he has hit on many great things. And he's just one of the all time greats. But oh, uh, yeah. it became tougher for him. Um, yeah, it's very interesting. And even thinking of the him blowing up and the archetype that he was. Yeah. It's like, oh, like a real working class hero. And his videos like had him as a mechanic and a baseball player and, you know, working class guy playing in a bar, these kind of things. And it was just one of those archetypes that we needed healed that yeah. like Bob Dylan paved the way for. But he's way too elusive, you know. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, and well, even like I've I've said this to you before, like the way that Bruce uses his voice to me is very like <laughs> peak of his art because he's a man trying to sound manlier than he is, and that's yeah. kind of like the description of I think a lot of the people that resonate with his music is people that feel like they have to be more masculine than they want to be out in yeah. the world, you know, in these jobs that <laughs> every day, you yeah. know, and like yeah. this kind of a slog thing. Um, and he gets down and, there and he actually, he said he's never taken a vocal lesson, but he's just one of these people that happens to naturally sing from the right place totally, when he sings. Totally. So his, he said like, my voice is kind of stronger than it's ever been. And he sang on the Howard That's Stern great. show. And I was like, it does sound that. fucking great. But he also gave away, um, this is apropos of nothing. Like he was like, people think I'm singing a lot louder and harder than I am. Yeah. But it's like, it's probably pretty whisper quiet. Yeah, yeah one of the best singers like we ever, I ever saw was the guy from the Bouncing Souls. And I like, yeah. what, he just like. He's great. He's like very quiet though. Yeah, like you kind of, I think it's like, and the more that you do that, like I was like the closer you are to the mic, the more satisfying it is for all of us, yeah. you know, because yeah. it's like we're more in you. Yeah, it was so, weird. So I was like, it was hard for me even to believe that he was doing it the first know? time i took cassidy to bouncing souls yeah. she was like whispering to me like are they playing a track or something because like, he sounded so good it and just the music was so loud but they just like clear. mixed it really well they mixed nice. it perfectly and like he didn't ha he doesn't have to strain his voice because he's been doing it for so long like really good metal scream singers are like that yeah. too like it sounds like there's just being so loud because most of us like you're processing that with your body and you're like i'd have to be so loud to do that but mm -hmm. it's like they're so good they can do it quietly and they're like <laughs> well we also learned that in like our first guitar lesson rob yeah, was like yo yeah, you yeah. think all these guys are fucking hitting it he's like they're not yeah they make it look like they are they're yeah. really just barely hitting problem. the string yeah i do too i play way too hard yeah we'll hold it down well i was thinking also about like it reminds me the way reason i think neil young has been able to keep writing really good records is i feel like he's just someone who's been so devoted to the muse and then there's people yeah. like Eddie Murphy, who like talk about comedians, like they had their they did that first album, that first. He, he had two, three, two, three first albums or that whatever, and I was like, I'm gonna go make a shit ton of money doing like Mr. Doolittle and all these different movies, Dr. which are Doolittle. great. And, you know. But he just took himself off that scene. Yeah, it's sad. less to say. Y well, yeah. So the people who still have something to say, despite like going to the echelons of like fame and success. Yeah, well, it's I mean, very impressive. Um, it's why I'm always so impressed by Louis C.K., you know, because his, his, his it, new thing is always his best thing. But it only got, I thought it only started to get better. When After he, he got, got canceled. Yeah. Yeah. He was starting to trail off a little bit where it's like, like okay. Like Louis C.K. getting canceled was like the best gift to comedy ever. And that sounds weird to say, but in a way it was because. Well, 
you're lucky he's like brave and strong, I guess. Because not everybody could have done else. what he did with it, yeah. right? Like, anyone else would have been crushed by that. You know, it, I think it speaks a lot to who he is and yeah. knowing himself and believing, you know. Yeah. Betting on himself and not crumbling. It's pretty good, admirable, I think. Yeah, you know? totally. And it speaks to his case, too. You know what I mean? If he crumbled, it, would, it wouldn't look as good. No. <laughs> He'd be like, I'm no. guilty. He's got a lot of reasons to crumble. That's what your brain would go. You know yeah. I mean? like, yeah, exactly. But now that he just stands for himself, you're like, all right, maybe he's not such a bad dude. Like, yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, and now he's uncancelable because there's nothing to, <laughs> he already had everything taken away. And now the only way he makes money is through his website. He produces his own things. He funds his own things and he sells them through his website. He sells his tickets through his website. He rents out Madison Square Garden and tries to fucking sell it out and like, so it's cool. Yeah, he's yeah. gonna. Yeah, I think he's gonna keep having like a golden hour because archetypally his comedy and who he is has always sort of been old man, and he's stepping into that pretty hard. Now he now. looks the part. Now he looks for like, the part, and I think he has a funny bit in that in the stand-up routine about like uh, being a hot stepdad or something, right? Yeah. There's something about like he, he knew it wasn't his time younger in life, but now yeah. like when all the jocks are like fat and stuff, he's got other uh, stuff going on that he can offer women and so he's like a that's good. hot older person now that's really good he was glad that he was ugly when he was younger yeah he's funny i love <laughs> him he's great and yeah it is sad i think i told you guys I had a client sort of use the language of like yeah i like wanted to watch his special but i'm not I'm let, not allowed to like him we're not supposed to like him and there's just so much quick dismissal i, I tried to turn a friend now. on to matt and shane who's just been addicted to howard stern and yeah. like i was I, I loved howard stern but he fell off big time yeah. talk about a rich guy just losing <laughs> touch with his audience yeah and i was like yo you should get into matt and shane they share the same personality as us and like yeah. same jokes and he was like didn't that guy get canceled and i was like damn yeah. i forgot how potent yeah. that is yeah you know taking yeah. your cultural medicine as to what's approved and what's not yeah it sucks because it, it eliminates a lot of the great stuff out there if you start if you start picking and choosing if you can't separate the art from the artist <laughs> and you start picking and choosing like that slippery slope yeah because most people are twisted jokers in some way and that's how they ended up even becoming an artist because all other avenues weren't available to them yeah totally <laughs> um it is that is a huge thing in the collective consciousness right now separating art from the artist it's a tough businessman from the human and mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. we're all see feeling like it needs to be all be aligned now we didn't i don't know if we used to think that no i i, I mean there's always been a, a segment of society yeah that has that but i don't know i think for the most part uh we we used to be uh, have a little bit like more compassion and respect for the full context of of some of who someone was i i just i don't think there was the itchy trigger finger to hold some person at their lowest moment yeah do you, you think know? it's because we just have so much to choose from it's just an easy way to like get something out of your choice docket you know, like yeah. we have infinite choices now. So it's like any reason to get something off of the choices. Yeah. Um, I was thinking about this this week. Uh, I remember my mom when I was working at Bang, some drama came up about somebody that was above me working there, some like sort of sexual scandal or whatever. And I was trying to like, you know, it was just girl gossip, like shit talk or whatever. And she could totally shut me down and not like a, aggressive or negative way but just in like a, you shouldn't give a fuck what any guy does with their dick or anybody does with their genitals she said genitals i remember that very mm. vividly she was like you should not spend any time thinking about what people do with their genitals off the clock mm. and i was like 
That's yes. pretty good. Carolyn, thank you for that check. You're right. I should not be. Who cares what they're doing with their genitals outside of work? It seems like a small thing, but it's <laughs> it's a really big thing. That, you're like, oh, whoa. If they're, well, if they're running, them on, <laughs> running it, uh, rubbing it on the intern, it might be a little bit of a different thing. Yeah, that's one thing. There was lots of sexual harassment, but she, <laughs> I, she did just, I just needed that like separation of like, I really don't care. You know, you need to choose how much you invest in each person. Like, what are they offering for you? How much do you need to invest in all of their person and know about all of their person? And yeah. Then, I don't know. It shifted something in me mm. that was holding on to, like, people needing to be perfect all the time for me to respect yeah. them or whatever. Oh, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. I was like, I don't care what he does. Well, there's <laughs> a lot of different things that fuel greatness, and probably pussy is one of them. Or, you know what I mean? <laughs> For sure. <laughs> Sex is definitely numero uno. I'm sure on the docket of motiv- motivating things for people. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, and I think about this, and it's that, but it's also probably just on a deeper level, like validating you as a human being, because I think that's mainly what people get off with with sex is acceptance and validation, and you got picked. Mm-hmm. You know, some of it's the playtime, but for a lot of humans, I think it's like more of the distortion of like ego, like I matter to someone. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. We, you know, uh, sex is validating. It means like you're worth pleasure. You're worth being enjoyed. You're, you know, and so like when people don't, yeah. Anyways, sex robots will be good. <laughs> They'll be good. That'll, that'll help our play. They'll validate everybody. There's always some product that'll come along that deals with the symptoms of capitalism crushing our souls. Um, we speaking of a product that comes along we watched this uh, disturbing documentary about one taste that that sex cult that were like (laughs) you sign up and if you're a woman you get jerked off by a guy and like they there's a way to 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 stroke Stroke a woman and they they, they teach you how to stroke a pussy and then it's just stroking the clit yeah and then and they don't do and the woman doesn't uh do anything to you or whatever and and we've done podcasts about this we knew someone that was in this Mm -hmm. and um she did podcasts with us and she spoke very highly of it and she was like full-on doing whatever this leader said you know she was taking the prescription. She was taking the prescription. One of them was called the radical prescription. And she was like, I, she came to us once just as a friend and was like, I just had sex with 48 guys over 48 days. And we were like, what the fuck? And it arose that thing that you're talking about. That's why I even thought of this. It arose that thing of like, this isn't right. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, do we say something or like, that? It's just like, you know what I mean? Like this little puritanical judgmental fucking person in you that like wants to like make sure someone's cool. She, she seemed fine or whatever, but it just seems strange that somebody would tell someone else to do that. And then, you know, she would tell us how like, you know, she would do these orgasmic meditations with multiple different men and it was every day. And then like we watched this documentary and it's like. Yeah, it's a fucking crazy ass sex cult nightmare it's that was run by a woman whose father died in prison after 52 counts of of childhood uh, sexual assault that she said she helped him. She lured the, the girls in Jesus Christ. and then uh, started the sex cult and basically would charge men like 15 grand and you get to come learn this skill and you get all these partners or whatever. But what happened is like barely any women sign up for this because your bodies know better, your instincts and everything knows better. We can get our clit stroke yeah, exactly. a program. Exactly, exactly. And, and little you, you don't need your clit stroked by a bunch of incels who are going through God knows what and they're willing to pay 15 grand to do it. Like, <laughs> Just the whole thing is fucking insane. <laughs> But uh, this documentary fucking disturbed us because, like, especially because we knew someone yeah. deep in this thing. 
and just how much we've tried to practice non-judgment just watching our friend <laughs> go fucking deep into this thing to the point where she won't watch this film she she because she's still practicing this yeah, you know? yeah I, th- I mean i think it's for like, her she doesn't feel like it's how you take it in like yeah, some, something that definitely. could be abusive to someone else or traumatizing to someone else is actually like a path of healing but i think this woman had was applying her very masculine approach to healing and thinking it was the prescription for everyone you know and i think not everyone's meant to go in and through their trauma by like healing the rape by being raped you know what i mean like that's yeah totally yeah it it gets you well it gets me thinking so much just about the victim aggressor dynamic and like at what point are we trusting the process of like path and spirituality and like when do you want to intervene in that dynamic because both sides are willing and participating that's what this film is all about it's such a mind fuck it's like and at what level is that victim participation healing that person secretly on some level? What? It, how much is it just like traumatizing them more? Because you're right. Both sides are true for different she, people she or different times or different parts. Sorry. She has zero acknowledgement of the victim narrative e- e- existing. She's just like, her whole thing was like, I want to make a t-shirt that's like, I got raped and all I got was this lousy victim story. Yeah, you know? like she's and hardcore. Like, so for her, the like whole thing. Like you didn't get raped. It's also right? like you got to think about the psychology of a woman who as a girl lured other girls her age to then be molested by her father. So there's like this disdain and hatred for, you know, the the victims who led to her father to being jailed. But her whole thing was like, my father was like a fourth dimensional person. Like he was so expansive that he just couldn't abide by the, boundaries of our society and so she has she's this, let like, this dude off the hook in every conceivable dimension so he's definitely was fucking her yeah that's, yeah oh absolutely and absolutely. so that's why she also like has a disdain for all victims because she's like my father like she surrendered it seems yeah what i can deduce is surrendered to her dad sexualizing her and probably yeah. sexually abusing her into like okay well i'm gonna love him with the grace of God and forgiveness and everything and surrender into it. So her whole thing was like men should, should honor their beast mode and women are just here to like surrender to it and look at them with like loving eyes because it's our fear of men that creates their aggression and kind of just think about the type of guys that this would start to attract. And that's why this film is kind of well done in a way. I don't even know if they meant to make it this well done because the first half you're sitting there like, yeah, she's making some good points. This is cool. Like, yeah. it, some of these people are fucking fools for forking over money to learn how to finger somebody. Right. But whatever. Right. Okay, cool. They're finding community. Well, yeah, I don't see the definitely. problem here. And then it takes such a turn in the other direction that you're like forced to kind of deal with all the feelings that you had in the first half of the movie and be like, oh wow, this is a this is a bad person that's uh, yeah. got her hooks in a lot of people. Yeah, I think she helped a lot of people like it's- get in touch with their sexuality i think she helped our friend yeah of course our friend seems i hate to say it, she seems better off for having done this but she's such a rare bird like mm. I, we know no one else like we might know a couple other people like her actually now that i think about it yeah but someone that could handle having sex with 48 different people it's why i didn't know? have sex with a guy for so long is this like the scariest stories i read in the human existence are women completely brainwashed by men which seems to happen chemically from sex no matter what yeah this is i feel like i got privy to this you know yeah that's like the virgo wisdom or something and it's like you once you start fucking a guy like you you don't even know how he's penetrating you in your psyche like i'm not talking about your skin you know what i mean you don't know how like you as women like we really do like 
dissolve into the man that happens to be, be you know with me you're, a, you're like at least he has good taste in music uh, <laughs> whatever i know yeah, this is sinister. it's terrifying how powerful hormones are though yeah. you know we just change yeah. each other's chemistry and personalities and belief systems and views of the world and yeah holy cannolis <laughs> she's still out here fucking repping this guy like oh my god yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah, this uh, <laughs> it, it's pretty insane. This this film we recommend it. It it, it brings up a lot. It, you, you really it, it brings up a lot. It's it's pretty disturbing, and they went pretty far out. Like it's total cartoonish, sex cult vibe yeah. to the point where they're like doing church ceremonies and like people are dressed as nuns and priests, and it's all just fucking hand jobs. Like the whole thing is so weird, and just like forcing employees that hate each other to have sex. <laughs> oh, it's insane. The whole thing is just crazy. And just like, uh, like uh, I don't know, but the whole, it, it was just, um, I think what we really came to, or what I came to is like, we're humans having a human experience. And I think some people like to bypass our humanity and say, like, take the spiritual, um, one liners of like, we're all one, we're all God. And then apply it to how you relate to other people. And kind of like you are in- inherently flawed if you can't, um, surrender to so letting whatever someone else wants to do to you to do to you and um that's maybe not for humans all the time it's for you know it is a path but i think it it caused a lot more harm than help for a lot of people unfortunately yeah well and then it's such a specific like letting somebody do are you let or are you participating you know it's kind mm-hmm. of choosing where you draw the line of duality because there mm-hmm. is an angle where like you're no longer the victim too. You're like perpetrating when you're that participating in what you are aware of as distortion. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's, I mean, what, yeah. like to say it's the higher thing to, you know, and that, then that's his own philosophical argument or whatever. But, um, yeah, hopefully the age of Aquarius will, after this Saturn and Pisces dissolve, uh, like some of our, more of our human desire to need somebody else's belief system to feel safe and i think that's what some of the like chastity in religion is from is from that like knowing that when you mix with other people you get less of your own journey or thought path or whatever and Mm. we just like misunderstood that in an extreme way where we were like no sex ever and that's probably not we could probably be better at keeping younger kids abstinent if we talked about it in a more spiritual like a true spiritual capacity not like oh you need to say pure but like no it's your life force your yeah your trajectory in life it yeah. could be corrupted by someone else's desires Literally. at a young age that's a really good way to put it and also like yeah it, it breaks my heart more than most things when i hear women don't enjoy sex and i hear that like a lot yeah and i uh it's like you want a spiritual conversation around it you want like a fun like hey it's like really rough to be in a body like you're gonna go through this human experience wondering why we did this <laughs> Mm. there's a lot of suffering but like there's there's great enjoyment and pleasure in eating things like tomatoes and being able to touch your skin on somebody else's skin yeah (laughs) and these like things i think in this airspace that we're all we incarnate into now online that we can get so easily disconnected from you know the simple pleasures in life that tend to like make the biggest difference oh yeah in us feeling like we should be here at all Mm -hmm. you know well and and the the void that is created by people not being fulfilled in that way is always um, occupied with grifters and they're waiting. Yeah. And I, I feel like anytime there's a convenient product 
for whatever ails you, you gotta be suspicious of that thing, especially when it's cloaked in spirituality. <laughs> and I think that the jig is up with all this stuff. And yeah. we were talking about, I'm not going to name names, but we were talking about <laughs> some of this this morning where we're seeing people that have like cloaked their whole shit and like, spirituality when it's really just like you know you're just talking shit like everyone else they're starting to see how ridiculous that seems and they're starting to try to retreat more into a silly comedic you know <laughs> there's something beautiful about the the cancel culture and that right now like the death of our idols is happening yeah. like yeah. every yeah. every day and now like elon musk is yes. like looking like a fool and it's like this really beautiful space to not idolize people or just to put people in their their place of like okay yeah. you are as good as you are you're probably that bad too and that's yeah, cool exactly because that's what i am too it's super cool i was just watching a tiktok star young lady talk about this and i love that the video was popular and the people were liking it and people are definitely in the front of their minds getting off of wanting to worship other people and idols and it's super cool can you serve me one of those that's what i'm doing you're the best yeah, I was, uh, you guys Cooking were listening to me talk about it this morning. Now, yeah. like, we're so we're we're a year and a half removed from uh, our crazy mushroom and and uh, Syrian Rue experience, <laughs> you know. And like that to me was like probably the last little wisps of that inside of me that wanting to put someone on a pedestal, that wanting to look up to somebody, anoint someone a father figure because my dad is so <laughs> more of a dad than a father, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, got totally burned out by like our friend fucking serving us uh and just not knowing how to hold good space and just like yeah i'm just like why was i fucking putting this guy on a pedestal i like his art yeah that's it like and it can just be that yeah and you can still like his art i could still like his art and i still like him as a friend and you can still like there's no mentor here there is no i'm looking up to he doesn't know anything i don't know he he knows how to do certain he knows how to perform and do certain rituals you can be impressed by like his discipline i'm very impressed by his discipline and i'll always be impressed by people that have good discipline um but in terms of like that burned down the pedestal there's no one else to go up on a pedestal because the pedestal got burned down and it happened by having an alien encounter and (laughs) watching this guy try to try to like masculine energy through what is a very feminine, yeah. crazy, chaotic receiving, process. Yeah. chaotic process. Yeah, listening. You know, listening. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, I love the humanization of people that's going on right now. And I think at the same time that so much of the process needs to be more internalized and you don't, there's not necessarily so much that you need to learn from other people. I think uh, obviously you can always learn from everyone all the time. And that's the beautiful thing about interacting with anyone, like anyone ever all of the time is the differences in them are going to teach you something about yourself and your experience. Um, and so I think with the, like knocking the pedest, burning the pedestal, as you say down, hopefully we also burn down the like lower echelons we carve out for people and think like only we, I can only get stuff from these people or, you know, cause the truth is like, the separation between all of us is what is like giving us information, you know. It's it's partly. Do you want one? Did you just? She just took the last. I left nothing in there. She would have one. Um, I I was thinking about this the other day, like the missed opportunity, and we might get the opportunity again. I hope not. The missed opportunity to do some real deep shadow work as a country when Trump was our president, and instead, our Pluto people in, instead of doing the shadow work, people either demonized him or worshipped him. And it's like, oh, man, this figure came along that we were all 
obsessed with paying attention to for one reason or another and no one took anything out of it no one took away anything other than more idol worship or more whatever it is my parents do the liberal fucking side of it which is which is the same thing you're still obsessed with this motherfucker you know what i mean like let's get something out of it he was a devil he's a little devil he's a he was a devil that's he he played the part of the devil for a lot of people. Which which comes along and just reveals. And he was just like the perfect embodiment of what America is and always yeah. has been. Yeah. And we got so this too. cartoonishly loud reflection and we did nothing with it. And uh, But it, if anything, in the long run, I think it might serve as like what that mushroom ceremony served as for me. Just like... I think a lot of people quietly just burned down the pedestal once and for all. And they were like, why am I paying attention to any politician or putting anyone on any kind of pedestal? Like, if this guy could be our president, this whole thing's obviously a fucking joke. You know, what I, I think slowly but surely people will come around to that. But man, I thought that was going to be like the the psychedelic moment of this country of just everybody in mass, like dropping the whole belief in our government thing you know mm. and it might have happened it just might have happened in a more subtle way that's going to take longer to kind of uh see i think i think it has happened i think that um a recognition of like there's not that much of a difference between like blue and red mm-hmm. is like especially the younger generation's a little more hip to that mm-hmm. do you feel like that i don't know yeah, that's yeah. my theory i think so do you know anyone your age or younger that is a Democrat or a Republican? I don't really hang out with people my age. That's true. I don't think that they're doing so that, it's though. hard. I don't think I anyone like is raw, raw. I feel like there's so much, like, left political stuff with young kids. Yeah, but yeah, it, it transcends yeah. red and Electoral blue. Electoral like politics. That's more of, a like, a way of being in the world. Yeah. Yeah, and Biden doesn't represent those people. Well, they don't really have anyone to represent them. Right. Um, soon enough, some grifter will come along and try to, you know. Yeah. Yeah, the the government thing is uh, another pedestal that needs to burn down for people. I mean, it's it, it could be, like I'm saying, it could be like we're we're in the wildfire that's taking it down right now, and it's just hard to see through all the smoke and flames, but it is happening. Because, look, we just went through, we're still in a fucking pandemic. Everything's chaos. We're, like, headed towards a recession right now. The media is acting like everything's hunky dory, but like anyone out here in the thick of it is like, yo, shit's fucking pretty bad. More people are depressed and in despair and addicted than ever. Like, there's more fucking crazy people out on the streets everywhere we go yeah. than ever. Yeah. More people are being displaced and fired and treated like trash. Like, yeah. We know how it really is. Uh, so it could be happening in real time, but just because the story we're being fed is more different than the story people are living than ever before. Like this is this is the, the biggest chasm between the story we're being fed about what America is and what it actually is is it, this this is like the most contrast there's ever been in that space. So we could be in the wildfire that's that's burning down yeah, well that, all future pedestals, you know. On the other side of a a wall forest fire though there's like the f- ground is fertile in a different yeah. way and yeah. new growth comes up and yeah. a new way of relating and being and structuring because our society is going to continue to need and have structure oh yeah absolutely in order to but, but this one is just so not serving us that it has to change in some way because uh 
it's just like that this we just what can't kind of structure though we have so many roads Oh, ab- absolutely. I'm just saying that the current system that we're all abiding by and paying attention to their law and order or whatever, like, is so uh, owned and corrupted. Like, there's no way to say, like, oh, no, we just got to tinker around with this and make it a little bit better. Like, we literally just have to start living a different way. And, you know. Um, yeah, I mean, the idea that 300 people are going to represent, like, 8 billion people on the yeah, planet. Yeah, it's crazy. And decide what your moral code should be and how you should be living your life is like the most insane agreement we ever got into. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. I don't know, though. It, it, It like... Yeah, the younger generations being so broke and not being able to have homes and stuff like that's it's, what's it's, doing it really. It's ripe for revolution stuff, but like I don't even know what a revolution yeah looks like in in that kind of a sense. I mean, it's it's pretty bad. <laughs> it's 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 pretty bad. I mean, it's not something uh, like like I don't take lightly because if you you read about what it's like in other countries when revolutions break out, it's it's ugly. It's it's fucking class warfare. And it's gloves off class warfare as if we're not already living through it, but imagine them really just turning on us. Um, you know, but something's got to give and it's, and it's going to be something like that. Like how come we can't afford houses? Our parents were able to get houses. Our grandparents were able to get houses. Like and all of a sudden it's completely out of reach. How come we can't afford educations? You know? Well, is it, there's a deck and it's getting rigged. Yeah. At every step, mm-hmm. even your parents, like they know that they're mm-hmm. coming for every last dollar of yeah. the boomers generation. They yeah. want all that retirement money. Yeah. My mom's so trying to retire in like eight weeks and all of a sudden she's like, I lost $200,000 in the market. I'm like, yeah, the market's rigged against you. They know exactly what's happening. They're, they, they're not going to let you take that pot of gold that you accumulated. Are you kidding me? They're not going to let you get away with that. They're going to figure out how to force your hand to keep fucking doing your labor for another 10 years. Sad. That's a depressing conversation. <laughs> the economics of hell are super depressing. <laughs> I can't get into that's what I'm saying. I, we're just at this point where like you just have to curate. Mm-hmm. It's like the depression holes are so easy to fall into. There's just specific angles of humanity you just can't. Just don't look that way. I know. Yeah, I know. And I know you're gonna call me like a white privileged spiritualist for not looking that way, but like it's not like you're not aware of it. You live in this <laughs> you live in the lower east side. I don't think you need to fucking be refreshing Twitter to find out the world is a hellhole. You just have to go outside your apartment, <laughs> yeah, talk I, to any of these motherfuckers down in the corner. What the fuck? I watch the middle class disintegrate around me since yeah. I've lived here. Yeah, like, exactly. Like there's been, you know, like the zombie apocalypse has risen mm-hmm. and also the frat boys have come in and you just have this yeah. sharp contrast yeah. of like my frat boys partying all the yeah. time you know on their cocaines and their sunglasses and stuff and then right next to like amputee victims and like people without families all of them people without families yeah and the only difference between like the bro whose mom is supporting his apartment and this person doing fucking crack on the corner is like this guy has a mom mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know <laughs> simple as that it's like that's like 90 percent so of homelessness crazy. is that it's catastrophic loss of family yeah I mean, like people have no one and they're out you there. go broke and you can't live in your mom's basement yeah you know like there's no like other thing yeah there's no safety net and then you end up in that situation and, and in this country 40 percent of homeless people are have full-time jobs wow that statistic 
should make everybody fucking stop in their tracks. Wow. 40% of these people have full-time jobs. Wow. The people we're seeing down in the corner right there I probably are not. They're probably part of the 60%. They have a different full-time job. Yeah. It's talking to it's, aliens on it's crack. A, exactly. <laughs> it's a really, you have to be really accountable. You have to show up every day to that one. Oh, yeah. They're definitely. giving you downloads this way, that way. The aliens <laughs> love shooting downloads to like just outside the Burger King at the end of your block. Like That's they, their spot. Yeah. It's an They're unexpected down spot. Over there. This sounds like something out of Rick and Morty, but like they really do seem to, to beam weird messages and possess have, people right the down there. The cops like put a, po- a, a poster that's like promoting dope on our corner. You remember our uh, dope yeah, poster? Yeah. Is that I, cool? Yeah. We just have a bag of dope with some cartoons on it. it seems super fun. Made me want to do it. I was like, <laughs> where is this dealer that I see every day? Yeah. <laughs> Don't be a dope. And it's like this cool cartoon. You're like, that actually looks really great. <laughs> super fun. You guys, I'm going to see cartoons. <laughs> I have new characters in that. Fucking... I'll do it. Yeah. I was coming around the BK corner lounge two days ago and I was about hitting the head with a fan because one crack guy was falling um, and I don't mean to like crack guys I just don't know his name I love him I respect him it's not to degrade him I know he's on crack my dad used he to threw- be crack guy <laughs> yeah he, he, was a crack he guy. throws his fan around the corner to this other guy like at this other guy they're having this argument Oh, man. and it literally was like That's wow have you ever been out there been like I gotta fight a motherfucker uh yeah, there's been a couple times. Like, the guy that followed me in Mowgli that was, like, really trying to fight us. There was a white guy not that long ago, and that was the night that somebody got shot on my street. And I think he may have shot somebody or somebody shot him. Wow. Um, but then, literally three nights ago, somebody followed me to my door, and I wasn't with Mowgli. Because mm. um, he's usually, like, it, it depends. Like, he can attract people. He can deter people. Depends who you are. And that was kind of creepy. Mm. Um because, like, that guy, the white guy was threatening my dog. And so that's when I'm like, am I going to have to kick you in the face? Like, mm. if you kick my dog, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to kick you in the face. Don't you think Mowgli <laughs> would take care of it at that point? You know what I mean? Like, I'm not scared at all when we're out there with Mowgli. I'm like... It's, yeah, it's just crazy, though, because, like, I'm such a mom. Like, Mowgli goes to fight somebody. Like, I'm going to fight you, too. Mm. I'm not a fair fighter. It's two against one now, bitch. Like, this is family <laughs> style. You oh, know what I yeah. mean? Like, I'm fucking... Somebody's going to get their head kicked in tonight. <laughs> and it's not my dog. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. So that's the only time I go, like, fight mode. I'm I'm a flight gal, you know? Mm-hmm. I'm a ch- I just run. I choose to not face it. And I do, like... I try and have a healthy interaction with them because they are my neighbors and I see them like, and it's some like I've had amazing conversations with a lot of them as well, but it's a delicate balance of like engaging enough and not engaging too much that you're like their day now. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, cause I've also had to like mm-hmm. sit outside of that bakery for 30 minutes, you know, you just, oh, we've, you we've get done, caught up and stuff. Yeah. We've done the whole thing. 72 hours with a homeless guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes <laughs> you get caught up. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, but you know, it's it's crazy because, and I hate to say this, but I, it's just I've lived it, and it's true. I think there's archetypes. There's I think there's certain people look a certain way, and they attract the attention of like the more kooky. Yeah, I definitely attract people. crazy but, people, but not in a way <clears throat> where they're attacking you. No. Or coming at no, you. No, no, like, no. They like want to be attra- my friend. They want to be your friend. Me, they completely ignore. Okay. Cast, they seem to ignore. Yeah. I've listened to maybe a hundred episodes of uh, Joe List and Mark Norman have a, a podcast that's incredible called Tuesdays with Stories. Joe List gets accosted by homeless people everywhere he goes. He has wow. terrifying stories. 
he has anxiety and hangups all about it. He won't take the subway anymore. It's, yeah, I, I hate to say it because he looks like a nerd, a punchable face. Or he something. just looks like a guy like, that got bullied in high school. And I, I don't, he just, I, I hate to say, it. I don't, I look yeah. like the kind of guy of just like, almost like I'm not even there. I don't even register, you know, like I can ignore people in a way where they're like, they, they don't fuck with me and you know, yeah. but I think certain people like you attract everyone. I, I, like, man, going around with Mary last night and people are just like, talking to her and i'm like feeling the need to respond i'm like oh wait this happens to you all the time you have to ignore this you can't give this guy a breadcrumb and i'm like trying to respond and diffuse i'm like oh we just walk away i forgot you go through this all the time <laughs> nobody fucking says anything to me when i'm out in the streets you know it's kind of why we have this documentary process pro, yeah. uh pro, what is it project i i was gonna say another word I can't documentary fetish yeah, it's, <laughs> you know, it, it, it's, it forces me to engage in a way I, I wouldn't, it, you know, at Halloween, yeah. uh, I know you think I'm a pedophile, but like literally, wait, come on, wait, we need to, like, we have to settle that, we that. have to settle this, you're when, a when we're, when we're, I'm having existential crises about pedophiles, no, I know, I know, and it is, <laughs> when you put it that way, I'm like, God, that is, it's kind of what disturbs me while we're I, out well, there, well, I feel like you're admiring people who are, have a, a full developed body, the opposite of pedophilia, <laughs> actually, what, what were you talking about? But but basically, when we're when we're out there, and especially, and I admire this skill about Cass and I. Now Joey's really good at it. Yeah. It's like we're scanning a crowd of twenty five thousand people as casting people. Yeah. So we're like, who is the person mm-hmm. who looks the part and is going to say something that brings the house down? Or has that aura too? You just feel their energy. I'm you sure can you have feel to be it. around them. And, yeah. and unfortunately, on this thing, we had to suss through a lot of fucking uh, destiny slots to do that. Like, there's packs of them everywhere, and they have nothing to do with what we're doing. They they do really don't. They're on coke. They're they're like they're not psychedelic. They're they're just they're a different breed. I don't even know what else to call them. I'm not. Yeah. It's not even derogatory. They're beautiful. <laughs> no, they're they're beautiful. They're yeah. distracting. Yeah. But like we're scanning the crowd and we're like, no destiny sluts, uh, old head. No, not right. And it's like oh fucking pack of wooks. Like let's go. And it, and it forces me to engage in a way that like I, I otherwise wouldn't. I think probably because I'm just too much of a introvert pothead, you know. Yeah, I mean, I'm. I feel like I'm pretty introverted, but people will probably hear this podcast and think like we would hang out and we. Oh my God, Sean's like fast paced, like we're chopping it up. Like I'm so quiet. I feel like the, like and the more people that get around, like I just get quieter. Like there's a few people like you guys bring out a side of me. Joey brings out a side of me, but like I usually get quieter around people and more want to like listen. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um. Yeah. Definitely feel like I attract wild people. And pedophiles. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> We're not pedophiles. Oh, I can't even believe that this conversation went that direction. It's all Mare had. She feels very upset with us, so she just had to fucking throw out a big bomb to start this podcast. <laughs> so if anyone's still listening... Uh, to us fucking pedophiles stop <laughs> i like you Jesus it's crazy Christ. we just got fucking re-monetized on youtube yeah and now we're gonna get demonetized again oh my god well, let's not do this <laughs> no i'm kidding <laughs> no come on I don't you guys. we're not getting demonetized we're fucking around <laughs> we're hitting dabs if anything that's the, that's what gets us fucking demonetized i'm shadow man yeah i know i know 
That's fun. I think that's the new thing with YouTube. It's like you're basically shadow banned from the beginning. You have to figure out uh, your way out of the labyrinth of being shadow banned. Interesting. I, I do think that that's... The, we have fucking almost 19,000 subscribers. Yeah. We can't get our videos to them. Yeah. Uh, so, but I think now that we're remonetized, it might change. I used to get like automatically like 60 views on each of those shorts that I posted. And now I get none. I uh, see. They're fucking with you. Yeah. They're fucking with you. And I use like the most generic hashtags ever. So see, if they, like if, I'm not, I'm if like they were smart, they would boost <laughs> a channel like yours. Because like yours has so much potential to make them so much money eventually. Uh, yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. You just need to get to the point. Whatever. This is boring. No, I know. Yeah. What? No, I'm just saying like, yeah. Uh, I, yeah, I don't know if they have like people out there that are like looking at people's stuff to actually curate like, oh, this people, you know, it's, I guess it's all bots or whatever. Yeah, it's bots. You can't even talk to a person. Um, Which is good because like we just reapplied for monetization and it didn't even see. And the reason we were demonetized is because before we were on YouTube, we had all these films, and anyone that asked, can I post this on my channel, I would let them. So they don't think we made American Juggalo. They don't think we own Oxiana. So they like they think we're reposting someone's content. Yeah. And well, that's, we, I guess, a good reason. Yeah. To uh, yeah. your films. Yeah, exactly. So I don't know. Now we're remonetized. But it would help if you're still listening to us and you love us. You don't uh, like it helps when people leave comments. You don't even have to leave a comment. Just shoot a little emoji or something in the comment section. I think it helps. Uh, yeah. Engage the algorithm or whatever. Yeah. Because I think there's people out there that would dig this podcast, don't even know about it, and they're subscribed to our channel. You know. Yeah. So weird. Definitely. So weird. Do you think the bots are against spirituality? Mm, it's hard to say because I get I do get a lot of that stuff pushed my way, but oh, it's yeah. always this. It's always from like the pre-approved it's always from like it's like alan watts ram das mm. you know those kind of things mm. but i don't well, know it's not like i'm doing that yeah 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 we're puffco you don't feel like you're shadow banned anymore um we'll find out i think it'll i think it'll take a little bit to to realize yeah yeah i mean it's also like like I don't know. There's there's a little there's some nudity in some of our stuff. That, yeah. You know, anytime somebody puts it in the time code, like people will like timestamp uh, it. I delete yeah. those comments. That's smart. Because <laughs> uh, I'm just like, oh, that's smart. Stop. Just be cool. That's <laughs> smart. Yeah, yeah. There's only just a couple moments of of brief nudity. Jeez. Seems like there's a lot of nudity on there. Yeah, I mean, it, well, I don't have cam girls on YouTube. No, 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 not with your stuff. I know. Like, oh, all, I all just, over YouTube. Yeah, I just yeah. Mean, there's like, all kinds YouTube. of fucking wild shit, you know. Yeah. So, yeah. But um, we have some cool stuff coming. We've been filming this this movie, Wooks. I want to start putting it together. I think it might be done. Yeah. I got I got to sit down like and look is. at the footage. It's yeah. a, It's all a blur when you're walking around and talking to that many people. Right. You know, it's so invigorating. It's so. Uh, it's so good for me. Yeah. You know, like that's, that's kind of the bummer of, of wrapping up a movie like this even is like, Oh, I like hanging out in these environments and talking mm -hmm. to these people. And like, mm -hmm. it's so rich. It's kind of like fish in a barrel. Sometimes mm -hmm. you're just like, no one gave us a hard time at Halloween. There was no wook chicks attacked us. Like oh, we were, great. we were used to that. We were like, look, there's 25,000 people here. Someone is going right. to get in our fucking shit. No one got in our shit. No one gave us a hard time. Nobody, anyone that we pointed the camera towards was like totally inviting of it. So it was great. Really fun. <laughs> it was really fun. It was. Um, yeah, this was fun. 
we could keep going. Maybe we could do more on the Patreon if you guys want to keep just fucking getting high on this Puffco and talking shit. Yeah. We have lots of shit on the Patreon. Please join up. It's worth it just for the Discord, but there's also tons of uh, music on there. Uh, so much good stuff. I also, um, this is a good time to announce that I've been meaning to do this for a long time, but Mare gives the best readings, and we're going to buy a reading for whoever. We're going to do like a giveaway. How should we do it? How do I have a giveaway bot in the Discord. Oh, cool. I just have to do it. Yeah. If you want to. If you want to get a reading, if you want to win a reading with Mare. A reading on which, us. Which could be life-changing. <clears throat> yep. It really has affected my life so much. Like, looking at the current setup and what's coming forward and just having, like, a more zoomed-out perspective of everything oh, that's God. going on has, like, given me some ground to stand on and also, like, a life raft in the during the uh, storms. And thank God that we met Mare. Like, yeah. that's all I can say, especially right during the most tumultuous fucking time so far in our relationship. The beginning like, of the end of everything and everyone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Well, yeah, that's where I was starting to feel like, well, I can, I have something. I'll continue this conversation as we move over. Uh, yeah. Join us on the Patreon. Um, peace, love and magic. Patreon.com slash church of chill. Aye, aye, aye.